Before we start this week's podcast, we'd like to encourage our listeners to consider donating to the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund. It's a nonprofit organization that fights for racial justice. Through litigation, advocacy, and public education, they seek structural changes to expand democracy, eliminate disparities, and achieve racial justice in a society that fulfills the promise of equality for all Americans. Visit www.naacpldf.org to donate to an incredibly important cause. This week's episode of Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football is brought to you by Romer Skincare. Based out of Chicago, Romer launched a work-from-home clean skincare line that covers all your skin needs with three easy-to-follow steps. Why you should check them out. Simple ingredients and effective results. A perfect upgrade if you're still washing your face with the bar of soap or that drugstore face wash. Right now, Romer Skincare is offering our listeners 15% off and a gift with your first purchase by using the code LISTENER15. That's code LISTENER15 on their website, romerskincare.com. Impress your partner and get happy skin. Welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Happy Tuesday evening, everyone. I hope by now you recognize our voices and who we are. The man on the mic right here, Dustin Lunt, driving the ship, so they say. And then across from me, virtually, as they say, my co-host, the color man of the group, I feel like, Jake Trowbridge. How are oh. you doing? I like I like that. Does that make does that make me the the Jerry the King Lawler to your Jim Ross for all of you '90s wrestling fan aficionados out there? Yeah, absolutely. Well, oh, that I'm doing delightful. <laughs> wow, that's two weeks in a row with two '90s references. Man, we're 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 aging ourselves here. We we know our uh, demographic, I suppose. I no, suppose. I'm doing I'm doing fantastic tonight, Dustin, uh, and I'm I'm forcing myself to be a little bit more fantastic than normal amidst some of the football drudgery we've had to experience. Yeah, it was it was kind of a bummer this week, but we're not going to focus on that because we are all about the positivity here most of the time. Let's be honest. Uh, but, but we are all about positivity. So we're going to talk silver linings this week, uh, uh, focus on some of the good we've seen the first two weeks of the season. And let's be honest, silver lining overarching, there's been NFL action for two weeks and no COVID related issues. Knock on wood. I don't want to jinx it. Uh, but yeah, so that, so that's what we're talking about tonight. But before we get into it, of course, we got to talk about what we're drinking. And it yeah. looks like we are just right on the same boat here, uh, both drinking Oktoberfest of different flavors. So, Jake, why don't you tell us who you're drinking this evening? Yeah, you can tell it's fall because this is our basic bitch version of uh, of beer, uh, which we are the Oktoberfest crew, I suppose. Yes. I am drinking a Sam Adams Oktoberfest, uh, which surprised I don't typically drink Sam Adams, but their Oktoberfest is just delightful. Nice. I almost picked that up at the store today uh, for the podcast itself for this evening because I needed a beer to drink. So uh, the fact that you picked that up uh, is is ironic. We're right there. We're like mind melding it. We 100% are. I feel like that's true most nights, but especially tonight. Yeah. So how would you rate this beer for our untapped followers? You know what? I'm going to give it a solid gentleman's three and a half. A three and a half. All right. 
So reminder, folks, we are on Untapped drinking underscore fantasy check us out follow us along we rate all of our beers on here and hey we got a badge for that one nice good job jake you get badges on untapped which is my favorite part of this app by the way i know that they're meaningless uh but they hold a special place in my heart and 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 my eyes light up and get really big every time that one comes across the screen yeah it just gives you the feel goods so I am it drinking uh, Sierra Nevada, their Oktoberfest, uh, which I'd never had prior today. Uh, I only gave it uh, a three and a half. Uh, this is probably one of my lesser favorite Oktoberfests I've had, if I had to be honest. Uh, it's got like the hop. It's very hop forward and it's got like this kind of spicy floral hop character to it instead of more of the malty caramely uh, Oktoberfest that you think of. Uh, so it's just a really off flavor from what I was expecting. That makes me very sad for you. So what yeah. are you rating this truly bad boy on the app? Like I said, I'll, I'll give it a three and a half. Uh, it's not a bad beer. It's just not what I expected. Uh, it, it really disappoints me because I had a great Oktoberfest this weekend from Lakefront Brewing. Uh, and I was like, ooh, Sierra Nevada, they always do good beer. And again, not a bad beer, just not quite in style for what I, I like. I feel like you're too nice with your beer ratings because I I guarantee in your heart you're like I I would give this thing like a 2 but you just want to be nice because we're trying to be so positive on this episode so you you bumped it up a little That could be That could be 2020 right. needs a little bit more positivity so no judgment. Hey, here's some positivity. <laughs> Dave Dave Toronto over in the uh the live chat which by the way one of the biggest uh pluses to watching us dipshits on on youtube live is getting some of these uh live chat comments come through Mm -hmm. said i don't recognize jake without the faux lip ring uh for those of you who did not see my delightful rendition of blink 182 uh singing the the monday night football song you can check that out on our youtube channel dave by the way should stay tuned because here's a smooth transition he is the focal point of our drunk 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 hammer drunk 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 trade of the week Ooh, yeah ah i like this the irony it's delicious So I actually, because I love Dave, and if you're not following him on Twitter, you absolutely should be. He is at TorontoFF8 on Twitter. I happened to see this one come across my Twitter feed today, and I could not resist talking about it just a little bit with you, Dustin. So let's go through this thing. Now, just to preface, Dave says, I just made a a police car's revolving light drunk trade. Okay. Headline drunk trade. That's that's what we're talking Mm -hmm. about here. Yep. Here's the context. Superflex Dynasty League. He's absolutely loaded at wide receiver, quote-unquote, hella desperate at running back. He sent Julio Jones and Chase Edmonds. He received Kareem Hunt and Curtis Samuel. Uh Uh-oh, he says. Dustin, do you agree with the uh uh-oh for him? Ooh, I... Dave, if you're still in the chat, I would love to see uh, uh, the rest of your team here. Uh, just because if you if you are super loaded at wide receiver, um, and and you think you are contending or in the chase for for uh, a title here, I know it's early in the season, but it's hard to tell. But um, getting some of that running back help, um, yeah, it's not. You could have gotten more with Julio in there, I think, uh, but it's not awful. Um, 
spoiler alert to the end of the episode, Kareem Hunt is my start of the week. So I really like Kareem Hunt and I really like him moving forward this season. Uh, so, so I suppose it, it really is team dependent. Uh, it may not be as bad as it just looks uh, first blush here. Like I said, it, it's really team dependent, but uh, just looking at it as is without any other information. Yeah, it's not a great trade. Uh, it's not the worst trade. But it's not great either. <laughs> it's look, I mean, when you put those police flashing light emojis over it, I actually did expect it to be worse, I think, mm -hmm. than what it turned out to be. I think if we could all drunk trade this well, uh, I don't know that it would be such a bad thing. Um, we know that Julio is, you know, amazing. He's amazing. But mm -hmm. for how much long is he going to be? How much longer is he going to be that amazing? Uh, yeah, I think Edmonds and Samuel cancel out mm -hmm. and, and it's Julio versus Kareem and a year from now, this could look really, really good for the hunt side mm -hmm. because uh, yeah, if, if Julio really hits that cliff, then you've, you've kind of gotten out while the getting's good. Mm -hmm. I think the, the getting could have been just a little bit gooder. If, if that makes any sense. It does. I agree. And Julio really hasn't been the focal point so far. You know, in the first two weeks of this season, Calvin really has really stepped up and shown out. Uh, so maybe it is a little bit of a changing of the guard that, you know, the fantasy industry has been talking about since Calvin Ridley was drafted a couple years ago. So, you know, maybe this turns out to be a great trade by the end of this season. Uh, it's hard to say, but uh, I guess we'll wait and see. We will. We'll wait and see. Mm -hmm. I'll give this drunk trade a rating of uh let's just say i don't know a six pack of Oktoberfest. dealer's yeah. choice yeah i i concur not not bad you're fine dave that's you right. will certainly get through this drunk trade i, I that's believe right in you. that's right so um we do have a beer bet payoff this week i'm so happy but before we get into that i, I want to postpone it just just a, a slight tick here uh you tease i know i know that is what they call a tease in the in the biz i think i don't know as an amateur that's what i'm going to say anyway i want to ask how has your fantasy season started so far we're two weeks in how are you feeling you know, I'm feeling generally very good about my my rosters. Now, I I have seven in total. One of them, two of them are just a re redraft. I shouldn't say just redraft, but they're redraft leagues. Mm -hmm. And one of them is our home league, which mm -hmm. is really not a thing this year. It's just a, a little over half of us stuck it out, and we decided yeah. to push forward with the season this year uh, in an abbreviated way. So that one's really just a fun league. Uh, uh, it's and more I'm for bragging rights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, I, and I'm having a blast with that one. That one aside, I'm in my first IDP league this Ooh. year, which is difficult. <laughs> Waivers <laughs> are an exceptional pain in the ass in IDP because there's so many more factors to consider, mm -hmm. uh, so many more roster spots to fill. Um, but my, you know, my, my sweet children, my dynasty leagues, I'm feeling very good about, uh, in general, I've started off, I think only one loss between all of my four typical dynasty leagues. So I'm, nice. I'm on a hot start. Yeah, that hot is great. That, I would be However, very happy about that. My Scott Fishbowl. I know anybody who's followed me on Twitter has seen me gripe about this, but I have to put it on record on air. I made the boneheaded mistake, and Dustin heard all about this this weekend. Uh, I made the boneheaded mistake of leaving George Kittle in my lineup accidentally, even though I had picked up his replacement, Jordan Reed, who went on to score 27 points 
Uh, I lost that matchup by four points. I would oh. have stayed undefeated in oh. Scott Fish that had hurts. it not been for that dumb mental boner of not clicking submit. Oh, so. that that stings the taint. It just stings it. Ugh. <laughs> really does. So that's how I'm doing so far. How how is the general fantasy football landscape for you oh. right now, Dustin? Uh Overall, it's not good, Cotton. Uh, I, th- I think in all my dynasty leagues so far, I'm 0-2, uh, which is not great. Uh, in, in our home redraft league, I, I am in last place. Uh, we are doing just a total points for the season, no head-to-head. Uh, uh, I am in last place by a wide margin, I feel like, uh, which I do have Saquon in that league, RIP for the season. That doesn't help, but... Uh, it is what it is at this point. The the positivity though is in Scott Fishbowl. I am two and zero, and and according to the to the rankings that were released today, I am in the wild card uh, playoff position. So that's good. I know it's only two weeks in, but I'll take it while I can uh, get it. And I'm still in my eliminator uh, for at least one more week here. So uh, silver linings. It all comes that's, full circle. That's what it's all about. <laughs> that is what it's all about. I love it. Uh, and I love your honesty and forthrightness. Oh, that's what I'm all about here. Hey, because even, even the best of us struggle at times. That's, that's very true. And I like the humble brag of including yourself as the best of us to start that off. <laughs> well, I, I didn't necessarily mean to include me. I was just saying in general, the best of us. So uh, I'll include you, Dustin. Oh, I'll include you. you. You're too kind. All right. So should we get to this beer bet payoff? We should absolutely get to this beer bet payoff. Do you right. want to explain, give a little bit of background about what's happening here? Yes. Yeah, so so the beer I chose, uh, this this bet, I will go into this bet as I'm pouring. So this beer um, it may not seem like a super disgusting beer, but I, uh, I got this um, from here. You can see it here on, it's called 1845 Pills. This is from our trip to the Minhas Brewery which was probably, what, three years ago at this point, yeah, at least? I think so. At least three years ago. Um, it was in my basement on the shelf for probably about a year and a half, and then it's been in my fridge, my, my beer fridge, since then. Um, so I'm sure it's well past its uh, born-on or best-by date. Uh, you just conditioned it. It's been extremely yes. well-conditioned. So, And this isn't a style of beer that typically uh, conditions, so uh, I'm not sure what to think about it. So uh, that's why I chose this beer. Uh, it's not like it's a, a super disgusting beer. Well, it could be. I don't know. Uh, not to say anything bad about Minhas Brewing because they are amazing, but it's just a very old beer that has not been drunk yet. So um, while I'm pouring this and uh, getting ready, so the bet was from last season. Uh, who had a better fantasy finish? Jake, you said that your boy Robbie Anderson would have a better fantasy finish than my choice, Sammy Watkins. And after week one, I thought this was in the bag. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, Sammy scored, I think, half of his points in that first week <laughs> last year. Uh, he literally did. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that was all of his points. So Watkins finished as RB, wide receiver 50 overall. And Robbie Anderson finished a smoking wide receiver 40 
on the season. So what a bludgeoning I gave uh, you. What a yes. bludgeoning Robbie Anderson gave Sammy Watkins. Yeah. You should feel bad about uh, taking this <laughs> bet uh, just because it's such a pathetic win, but uh, a bet is a bet. I'm a man of my word. Uh, I, I am wiping one off the slate and then I have one more yet to do from last season and probably getting that off the, uh, the docket next week. I love it. I respect it. I appreciate you uh, honoring the bets, and I hope for your sake that that old ass beer that you're about to drink is not going to give you uh, gut rot. Um, it it doesn't smell great. It smells. I want to say it's probably a little oxidized. Uh, it remind oh. it reminds me of uh, 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 um, the grossest beer Apples? of all time. No, the grossest of all time. Steel Reserve. Yes, is the grossest thank, of all time. Thank you. That's what it reminds it me does? of. Yeah, oh, it, it's it's no. it's got a smell where it's just not great. So uh, stop uh, smelling it. It's <laughs> it's not a good thing. It's like when those kids with the permanent markers just want you to smell how bad the permanent markers. Smell. I know. So all right. Without further ado, congratulations, sir. I Cheers. T- I tip my uh, cup to you, and here we go. And watch this Wisconsin guy just get after it like a goddamn champion. No hesitation, no risk, no reward. Dustin Light, you are my hero for taking that thing down so quickly. That was not good. Ugh. (laughs) Ugh. Yeah, that was not good. Was it better? Was it better or worse than Steel Reserve? I gotta know. Uh, It was better, but but by like a whisker. It was. Yeah, that was definitely uh, uh, oxidized and not not good. Made my eyes water for God's sake. So that's, oh that's, goodness! I mean, come on, that's that's not a good beer. Oh, that's an old yellow. That's an old yeller beer Ugh. is what we call that. It's the one that makes you shed a tear. That's ah. how bad that beer is. Oof, oof. I hope that you have a good beer on the back end. I'm hope you yeah. that that Oktoberfest. I know it wasn't as good as you wanted it to be, but I'm sure it's going to be ten times better now after oh, that beer. It's light years better. Light years. <laughs> I feel like a, a a cat or a dog that ate something that they're not too sure of, and they just do this with their tongue. Uh, that, that's what I just want to do because it's just like oh, I got to get this taste out of my mouth. I I'm just proud. I'm very proud right now of how quickly you you got that behind you. Well, we are from Wisconsin. Let's be honest here. It's what we do. If there's one thing we know how to do here, it is chug beers. So, uh, yeah, I mean, nothing against Minhas here. Again, if for some reason someone from the company is listening, we love your beers. We love your company. I've, I've done the brewery tour a couple times. It's amazing. Uh, this would just have the unfortunate, uh, journey of sitting for years. So, all yeah, right. We love your beer when it's appropriately aged. That's right. Fresh out of the tap. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, let's get just very, very, very briefly here. Yes. Let's talk about injuries. But even more than talking about injuries, let's tell people how they can escape some of the worst injuries that happen potentially to the guys on their rosters, how they can come out the other end feeling a little bit 
more okay about the whole deal. That's right. So we, we're not going to go give the entire list of the bloodbath that was week two in the NFL. Uh, there's just way too many out there. And, and let's be honest, there's plenty of other podcasts out there that are going to be talking about it in much more detail uh, and going through player by player. Uh, uh, we're not here to do that. Uh, but if you want a quick reference online, go to pearlfootballreference.com slash players slash injuries. Uh, they have the complete list there. Uh, you can sort it by player name, by position, uh, or what the injury is. So uh, go check that out. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk about here uh, so, some pivots, as we should say. Pivots? Yes. Uh, so who are a couple of your waiver wire go-tos this week if you needed to pick up someone? Yeah, if you are, if you're feeling it, Again, which which most of us are. Most it, everybody is feeling this injury. Let's uh, let's be honest. If if you escape this weekend without injury on one of your rosters, go buy yourself some lottery tickets because you are fucking lucky. That's that's a very good point. Um, now, if if you had Michael Thomas rostered, or even if you didn't, okay, because his deal, he has a high ankle sprain, expected two to four weeks still to be missed. Now, I was not really confident in anybody outside of Alvin Kamara and Jared Cook for for their game, even just this Monday night. Um, and that kind of bore out in that Emmanuel Sanders did not have a single catch until I think the last two minutes. It was garbage time. Mm-hmm. They were out of it, and he got one catch, one single reception. Who was more involved than I ever thought he would be was Traquan Smith. Mm-hmm. Traquan Drew Brees had talked him up during the offseason, and I just thought, oh, that's just a, a good quarterback trying to uh, rally a guy who'd been struggling for his two, first two years uh, on the team. It turns out, no, he he looked fantastic against the Raiders, um, five receptions for 86 yards, and just they were tough catches. He looked He looked great. So if you need some wide receiver help, he's uh, a guy who I would be going, and I would put him as my top wide receiver uh, priority for waivers mm-hmm. the one guy that i want to mention for running back there's i mean there's a few guys but the one that i'm really stuck on um cmc is going to be out for a few weeks mm-hmm. which just just sucks it uh, it just sucks i love watching cmc's play so much the one nice thing about carolina is that we knew immediately who his true backup is it's mike davis it, and there's nobody else to contend there um, they unfortunately had gotten rid of my offseason darling, Reggie Bonifin. I know. Uh, he was cut <laughs> before this season started. I assumed he would be the natural successor in a case like this. Turns out, not so. It's Mike Davis, so I am leaning all in on Mike Davis. If you have to spend fab, I'd, I'd feel comfortable spending a good chunk of fab because CMC is going to be out until about week eight. And at that point, if the Panthers are doing poorly... Do they even bother really bringing him back in? I don't know. So I'm comfortable going all in. Yeah, I would think, you know, I know they say four to six weeks for CMC. I I think you're right. If they're not doing well, it will be that six weeks or even later uh, because there's no reason to rush him back and ruin their potential first overall pick in the draft. At that point, it could be, uh, depending on how their season's going. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, Someone I want to talk about is... If he actually gets signed, it's Devonta Freeman. He is visiting the Giants. I don't think it's been official yet, but it sounds like that that he is going to be the one that's signed there. Um, I, I would not 
go for Dion Lewis. Uh, uh, he he's going to have a role, obviously, but you want to go for the volume. And, and Devonta Freeman, if he is signed, is going to get the volume in that offense. Uh, I know he didn't look great in Atlanta when he played last, but again, you, you follow the volume. If you're going to get someone that's guaranteed 15 touches a game. Eventually, he's going to break one off. Uh, you know, it's better than trying to play that guessing game of, you know, Deion Lewis, is he going to get a catch this week? Or how involved in the passing game is he going to be? Or maybe some of these other crowded backfields that we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago, whether it's the Niners, you know, who's going to emerge from their backfield, although they are pretty banged up there as well. Uh, you know, something like that. So I would take a guy that has has some guaranteed volume out of the gate. Can I just say one word of caution about that? I would absolutely pick him up. I don't think I would start him this this week, this first week in. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how acclimated he's going to be. I mean, having all that time off mm-hmm. and obviously not participating in any sort of camp and all that. Um, I just want like I wouldn't be surprised if the dude ends up with eight total touches on the game. And I think actually that would be OK. That would be a positive sign if he does. Just to show that they're getting acclimated right away. Yeah, but yeah that, a long term, love it. Yeah, that's a good point, Jake. Thanks for bringing that up. Definitely uh, would be a hold unless you're super, super desperate this week. Uh, I would hold on, like you said, waiting a week to start him. Uh, anyone else you want to talk about here with the injury uh, for waiver wire pickups, or uh, uh, or should we move on to positivity? Uh, look, I, I think we throw out a few names on Twitter here later for folks uh, right before waivers. I, I'm certainly going to have a list up at Jake Trowbridge on Twitter. You can see some of the guys that I'm going after here on waivers. Hey, breaking news. Uh, Devonta Freeman's officially agreed to a one-year deal worth up to $3 million with the Giants. Ooh. So there we go. That's- just Just broke right now. So there you go, folks. I like that, and I like because the biggest issue with him was, well, what's the contract going to look like? Are the, Is he a backup, or is he really the dude? That, to me, says he's really the dude for this year. Um, for our running back to get that on a one-year deal mm-hmm. um, at this point in the season, yeah, he's, yeah. he's your guy there. Yeah. Uh, no, but I, I don't think we need to belabor this anymore. I will just say, Mike Faea, God, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, popped in the chat asking, is it finally Traquan season? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's it safe is. to say for now. It's it's Traquan season. Even if and when, you know, Michael Thomas comes back. I shouldn't say if. He'll be back. He'll be back. I think Traquan has done enough to make himself a, a respectable part of that mm-hmm. offense. I think I would put him above Emmanuel Sanders for sure uh, from this point forward. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Silver linings. We'll, we'll talk some positivity here. And I even get a shoulder shake for those of you on YouTube because it, it feels so good to talk about it. Uh, do you want to lead us off here? I would love to. So the first thing that I just want to call out, my biggest positive note so far this season, the games look great. The actual NFL Mm -hmm. action on the field looks really, really good. And there's been some ticky-tack penalties that have been unfortunate to this point. That's typical. Mm -hmm. Honestly, that just made it feel more like home. (laughs) Made it feel more like normal to see some of those bullshit calls come through because you get them every season. It's not exclusive to this. Mm -hmm. But just the offenses, watching these, we talked about it a little bit last week. I expected a little sloppier play to come Mm -hmm. out of the gates here uh, on both sides of the ball, quite frankly. And I expected special teams to just be a wreck. And none of that has really bore out. We even got to see a successful onside kick recovery that by was, Dallas. That was probably one of the best onside kicks I've ever seen in my life. Like that was the the English on that ball, how it just spun around and like, oh God, that was beautiful. 
Yeah, it, it was great. I mean, you know, boo for the Falcons defenders there yes. who should have known that they could have gotten to that ball well, earlier. There, there was one guy to. that was just standing right over it and just watching it until it crossed the, you know, whatever, the 40 or 45. And I was like, jump on the ball. What are you doing? Like, God, that was frustrating. But uh, hopefully that one snafu, I mean, just in general, it's been nice to see that this is not a uh, a half version of the NFL. Mm-hmm. This is really, truly, again, injuries aside, because those have been dreadful and constant and recurring. But even with those factored in, the action's been really great to watch. Yeah, it really has. It's I think we said it last week, and I think it sums it up perfectly. It, it's given us a sense of normalcy in this crazy time right now. It's like we got football three days a week with our Thursday night, Sunday games, our Monday night games. Uh, it, it Life feels a little bit more normal when there's football. And like you said, the quality has actually been really good. It's been fun to watch. And and I just I hope this continues. I really do. Uh, NFL has done a great job so far. I have to say, coming into the season, I was a little leery with with how their testing and and not being in a bubble like the NBA is. I, I was a little nervous about how things uh, were going to play out. But again, knock on wood, so far so good. I hope it continues and that their luck uh, uh, continues because yeah, this has been great to see. Absolutely. So what is your, uh, it doesn't even have to be your top, but what is one of your positive notes so far? Uh, The first thing I want to talk about is the tight end group. Um, There's been some really good players so far, and I think it's shaping up to be a fairly deep group, all things considered. And again, we're only two weeks in, so I know it's a small sample size. But obviously at the top of the list, you got Kelsey. He's averaging 20 and a half points a game. Darren Waller's number two, 19.4 points a game. My boy, Janu Smith, number three. For those of you playing along with the drinking and talking uh, uh, drinking game, take a drink. Uh, he's averaging 19 points a game. You got Noah Fant, 18 and a half. Tyler Higby, 17 and a half. Mike Gusecki, 16 and a half. I mean, you got all these guys that are putting up really good double digit weeks here on average uh again some of that's a little skewed like jordan reed's number eight overall because of his monster week this last week uh uh but the point remains that that we've had some really good outings so far with tight end and and i and it's it's really nice to see that there's some actual depth there and and it's not just the top three or top four uh depending on how you want to break it down uh, just scoring all the all the fantasy points for tight end. I like that there's some of these guys that you wouldn't necessarily be rooting for that are actually really fantasy viable on a weekly basis. It makes me so happy. I'm glad to see it. I hope it continues because tight end has been a fantasy wasteland for too long. It's their time to shine. So if it, it is their time to shine, and they're shining bright like a diamond. Uh, now, if you are... Looking at this from a dynasty perspective, does this give you a little bit more gumption to to stand pat if you don't have one of those top three to four tight end options? Typically, that's how I like to roll. I like to I like to try and get you know one of the Kelseys, uh, the the Kittles, the Ertz if I can, and Mark Andrews. But now, do you, I know it's again small sample size? Does this maybe say to you, I can I can tough it out with these uh, these mid tier guys? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, it would be nice to have one of the big name guys that you know you can just put in your lineup every single week except for the bye week and not have to worry about it the rest of the season. Let's be honest, we'd all love that. But 
I think it makes streaming a much more viable option here where you can have, you know, two or three of these guys and just play the matchups week in and week out. And you'll probably get a decent amount of, of output if you choose correctly. That's that's true. That's still a very important part of it. But I mm-hmm. feel like your odds of choosing correctly are a little bit better this mm-hmm. year because of what you said. But, yeah, it, I, I have to ask you as the resident Janu truther. And I'll lump Noah Fant into this conversation, too, because both of those guys, to me, are really towards the top now. Would you qualify them in the upper tier of, of tight ends at this point? Not yet. Not yet. I mean, let's let's wait and see how the season progresses here. Like like we said, very small sample size with only two weeks. Uh, if, if they can continue to do this all season, it's kind of like how we were looking at Darren Waller last year. There is a big hype train, you know, drum beating for him all offseason. Uh, and, and, you know, there's quite a number of people that projected him for the breakout that he had. Uh, but all season long, we were like, well, let's wait and see if it continues. And he just produced all season long. So I think we kind of go on that trajectory where we wait and see how the season progresses if they continue to put up these points week in and week out well then yeah absolutely next season they should be in the top five conversation without hesitation fair enough i'm a fan now of if you've seen it maybe if you're a bit of a gambler go out and try and get those guys and see what what it shakes out to be because i feel like their rocket ship is heading up and you may never get them at more of a value than you can mm-hmm. right now. Yep. I, like an idiot, just traded away Noah Fant because I was desperate for quarterback in, in one league. But it did work out for me, so that's the important thing. Hey, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. Um, you, you do have to do what you have to do. And what you have to do right now is acknowledge that Cleveland's offense is not as bad as we thought it could be at this point in the Ooh. season. Man, I was watching that game on Thursday, and I was like... If this is a glimpse of what their offense can do on a weekly basis, sign me up. I mean, that was fun to watch. Now, I know it was a Cincinnati defense. They're not great. I mean, they're not terrible, but they're not great either. But just seeing all the pieces involved, Baker looked really sharp for a change. Uh, you had, you know, Chubb and Hunt out of the backfield doing their thing. Uh, OBJ was making big plays. Landry was doing Landry things. Uh, it was just, it was awesome to see all the pieces kind of clicking together. And I really hope it does continue because, oh, that could be a really, really fun offense to watch for the rest of the season, especially in the AFC North going against Pittsburgh and the Ravens. Uh, with those two defenses, it could make for some great fireworks. It very much could. Now, I'm going to temper my own expectations for when they do play Pittsburgh because I don't expect to see what we saw against the Bengals. But it was so nice to see everybody get into a rhythm Mm -hmm. because it's the exact opposite of what happened week one. Week one, they could not do a single thing. And I was just, I was nervous, not only because I have OBJ on a couple of rosters because I really did believe in a bounce back for him this year. He was playing hurt last year. I just expected him to get back on track to what he had been uh, in those previous years. And now I think we've gotten some validation for that. And we've gotten validation. So that trade that I talked about where I gave away Fant, I did get back um, Baker Mayfield. Uh, and, and I was very pleased to see mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield that first half look very crisp. Uh, a ball or two was overthrown and he could have gotten a couple extra touchdowns on his resume, which would, would have been great. But it's nice to see um, that the trust is clearly there, mm-hmm. that the game plan was clearly there. And if that game wasn't such a runaway train train for them, you would have seen even higher stats 
for the the passing and receiving options in that second half. As it was, you had to be happy if you have Chubb and or Kareem Hunt on any of your rosters because they uh, they proved that they are the new Alvin Kamara mm-hmm. and Mark Ingram. I think for this year. Yeah. So there's there's one piece of this offense we've we've not touched upon yet, uh, just because. He hasn't really done much of anything to speak of, and that's Austin Hooper. What are your thoughts on Austin Hooper moving forward? I'm so bummed about <laughs> Austin Hooper. We were both, I think, fairly high on him this mm-hmm. offseason. Uh, he just he showed so much promise in Atlanta, and we figured, well, yeah, he's got it's a new offense, obviously, mm-hmm. but it seemed like the type of offense that would utilize tight ends well. Mm-hmm. Uh, turned out they used a tight end very well in David Njoku to start things off. Now with him injured, you would expect Austin Hooper to get a natural bump up. I just don't see it happening for right now. I'm not I'm not calling him dead. I'm not saying that he will not become fantasy relevant mm-hmm. uh, maybe a few games in. But for right now, it's just really, it's sad. It's sad to see. See, I tried to leave this out because we were supposed to focus on happy I know, things. I know, but I had to bring it up. I don't, I, I feel like we wouldn't be doing our listeners justice if we just didn't address it briefly. So it's true. It's the elephant in the room. That's right. That's right. All right. Moving on. I think the rookie quarterbacks so far have looked surprisingly good in their first couple weeks. Uh, Joe Burrow, uh, he's currently sitting at number 12 overall, uh, which is surprising. I did not think he would be there. Again, very small sample size. But in in watching this game Thursday, uh, especially this last week, uh, the first week was kind of just out the door, first week of the season. Uh, But this last week, he actually looked really good, made some really nice throws, didn't look like the game was too big for him. And I'll be honest with Joe Burrow. I wasn't as in on him as a lot of the other experts out there were saying, uh, just because we've seen in the past quarterbacks that have the one breakout season in college and then go to the NFL, they don't necessarily, that doesn't translate into great NFL talent. Uh, and, and we've seen it multiple times. I think the most recent uh, that comes to mind is Mitch Trubisky. Like he had that one great season, the Bears, you know, traded away their draft class basically to move up to get him. And he hasn't been like Jamarcus Russell horrible or Ryan <laughs> Leaf horrible, but he hasn't been great either. I mean, he's he's been a mediocre quarterback at best. Uh, but Joe Burrow so far has looked very good. I've been pleasantly surprised and and if this continues i will definitely take the lump and and say i was wrong about him so that's been good to see and then also uh herbert getting the start last minute start this week with the chargers man did he look really good uh i Dude think, look confident i think the chargers have their next franchise quarterback uh which kind of like how the packers had uh with Favre to rogers they're going to go from philip rivers to Herbert, maybe a little bit more growing pains than, than the transition with the Packers was there. But I mean, it, he, he looked really good just for getting thrown in, uh, basically at pregame warmups. Uh, I know Coach Lynn has come out and said that once Tyrod is, is healthy, he's their guy and he's the starter. Uh, unfortunately, I think this is another Cleveland situation for Tyrod where he gets injured, the rookie comes in and doesn't give it back. Uh, but it's been really good to see that these, these rookie quarterbacks have been doing so well right out of the gate. It's fun to see that nice, youthful talent just uh, get infused into the league and do really well. 
Yeah, I wasn't, you know, I was right there with you in believing that Joe Burrow's growing pains would be much, much worse than what we've seen to this point. And especially in that offense, with that offensive line uh, and all those concerns that we've hammered on over the offseason. But he's really risen above it. I mean, he just, he looks legit. I I don't know how else to say it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very excited for him. I'm very excited for the offensive pieces around him now. Save for maybe Joe Mixon, who I'm still pretty lukewarm on, but yeah, everybody else, everybody else involved there was getting uh, was getting treats mm-hmm. all night. And Drew Sample, by the way, talking about waiver wire pickups, I, I'm not putting him at the top of my list by any stroke of the imagination. But he's a guy that I'd I'd be very comfortable having on my rosters for sure. Yeah, definitely someone to keep an eye on. If if you don't need to pick up a tight end this week, uh, obviously bye weeks haven't started yet. But it, he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. That if he strings together another couple halfway decent games, he might be a viable uh, streaming option for you moving forward. Yeah, he had like 35% of the team's target share once Uzama went down in the fourth quarter there. Uh, Joe Burrow just went and went and went and went to him. Now, that's the one thing about Burrows, I, I will say, is that he obviously has an affinity for the tight end position, which is not uncommon for rookie quarterbacks mm-hmm. before they get adjusted. Um, and I do expect him to start spreading the ball around a little more. He had some overthrows of A.J. Green. A.J. Green also just slow looked, looked a little <laughs> shillish. Uh, of himself, but I, I think that whole offense will pick up steam mm-hmm. around midseason. Yep. So if you're looking for like a buy low, quote unquote, opportunity, I think that whole offense might qualify for that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. All right, Jake, hit us with one more here. I'm excited here because uh, one of our last beer bets uh, that I had to pay off was our David Montgomery bet from last last year, mm-hmm. where I said that he would be a top 30 guy towards a certain stretch in the in the season, and he ended up. 31. Uh, I'm still bitter about that. But the Bears have figured out how to use him. And it's really refreshing to see his usage increase mm-hmm. the way that it should. They're not forcing things to treat Cohen the way that they did last, that last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, he's getting the work and he's looking good. People bagged on him so hard. Um, because his skill set is not it's not CMC. His skill no. set is not Saquon. His skill set's not even Zeke. But and, what he does, he does good, damn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think anybody that thought that going into last season uh, was not looking at the tape correctly. Uh, he, he's he got a little bit of wiggle, but he is, not to sound super disparaging, and I know this well, he's more in that Jordan Howard ilk where he will pound the ball He's a good first and second down back. He's got better catching ability than Jordan Howard. So I'm not saying that he's exactly Jordan Howard. I'm just saying he he seems more in that mold, but has the upside of the catching ability. He's not super flashy. He's not going to necessarily break off the huge runs that you see, but he's 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 kind of the workman of the group. Uh, uh, perfect for for Chicago in the Windy City. Good Midwest boy. You know the workman yeah. of the group. Just he's going to go in. He's going to plot out the yards. It's not going to be anything super flashy occasionally maybe do something spectacular but you're not going to expect it on a week in and week out basis but he's going to give you a good solid floor every single week yeah i kind of put him as that mark ingram type more mm-hmm. i think than jordan howard but exactly yeah. what you're saying about he's not a flashy dude and that's not his game mm-hmm. but he's got very capable hands he can occasionally bust off a big play you shouldn't expect it you know you're not going to get those derrick henry 80 yard runs out of him 
ever, if often. Uh, but you can expect some level of consistency there now, which was the thing that was keeping everyone away from him. Certainly me, mm -hmm. even. Was, I, I was more tepid until we saw that usage pick up. So that was nice to just see. And on a more broad strokes level, just because we're on the topic of running backs, it's been somewhat reassuring to see with the injuries that we've gotten so far with running backs. In the few instances where mm -hmm. somebody else had to step up and overtake the role, we've gotten definition. Mm -hmm. Those guys that go, uh, have gone down in years past, there'd be a lot of, oh, now they're going to split the workload between these three guys in the backfield. And so far, fingers crossed that this continues with the new batch that we got this week. Uh, the next man up, so to speak, for running backs has actually been like James Robinson. He is the guy, and he's a very, very good running back, especially for fantasy. Yeah, um, thanks for bringing up my bust of the week uh, from last week. Uh, definitely way <laughs> off on that. You didn't have to say it like that. Oh, no, I'll, I'll take the hit on it. I, I'll, I'll admit when I'm wrong. Uh, I, I was definitely way wrong on that. Uh, and, and spoiler alert. I put in a waiver wire claim in our home league for him because uh, I need a running back desperately. And and I will admit I was wrong, and I will remedy that by picking him up. So, <laughs> Perfect. I love it. All right. Well, finish out our land of positivity here. What's your last silver lining? Well, and let's be honest. We couldn't talk about positivity without having a little Packers talk here because uh, we are – at heart, Packers, homers. I don't even think at heart. We just are. We, we're unabashed. No yeah, we're unabashed about it. Uh, but right now, you have three Packer players inside the top 10 of their respective positions. You got Aaron Rodgers at number seven at 24 and a half points per game, looking very sharp to start the season. You've got Aaron Jones, RB1 overall on the season, averaging 31.6 points per game ridiculous. And then he got Devonte Adams sitting at number three overall, basically missing half the game this last week at 24.1 points per game. Oh, it is so nice to see. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a thing of beauty. It really is. Uh, and, and obviously we knew Devonte Adams was going to eat this season. I think uh, a lot of people's if it wasn't going to be Michael Thomas, that Devontae Adams was probably their choice to be the number one overall wide receiver on the season, just because the Packers didn't pick up any wide receivers in the draft or free agency. So they were kind of expecting Adams just to get the bulk of that uh, uh, usage as the wide receiver. Aaron Jones, I don't know about you, Jake, but personally, I expect a little regression from him. And it obviously could still happen two weeks into the season here. Uh, I expected some regression from him just based on his efficiency and high touchdown volume from last year. But uh, apparently that wasn't a fluke so far. He's picked up right where he left off uh, after the playoffs last year here, uh, just crushing it in all facets of the game and looking so damn good. And then Rodgers uh, doing just Rodgers things like uh, it hasn't been that elite elite status, but definitely better than where I thought he was going to be for the season. I expected him kind of that middle uh, quarterback to maybe that 15 ish, 16 ish range. Uh, and he's come out and looked really sharp and looked really good. Uh, if not for some dropsies uh, from the wide receivers, not named Devonte Adams, uh, <laughs> his stats would look a hell of a lot better because he had some pretty big drops there uh, uh, that would have either saved some drives or been touchdowns. 
Absolutely. And I was unfortunately low on Rodgers. I, I bet against my own guy uh, and it didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. I, I no. certainly announced that every time that I had a bad thing to say about him. I, it did not feel good to think that Aaron Rodgers was potentially on the decline and the roster moves that were made mm-hmm. in the offseason just seemed to forecast that there would be a downtick in his overall production. And he came out and said, fuck you guys, uh, check out my action. And he's looking closer to 2014 MVP Aaron Rodgers than 2018 lackluster Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, That's so far. Sure. Oh, so far it's been great. I love to see it. I really hope that this continues. Now, I know the first two weeks of the season – can't exactly say they've been stellar defenses. They've been going against with Minnesota and Detroit. But, I mean, the Packers can't help they play in the NFC North. <laughs> you know, uh, it is what it is. I mean, this next week's going to be a, a bigger test going up against the Saints. Now, I know their defense hasn't been outstanding by any means, but it should be a stiffer competition than what the Packers have faced so far. So I think this will be a better uh, a, a better barometer check here of how the Packers offense is actually looking. Uh, Sean Payton is a good coach. Their their players will be ready to go, especially on a Sunday night game in the spotlight. Uh, it should be fun to see. I agree. Now, one one quick note about that since we're on the topic is still don't know for sure if Devontae Adams is going to play in this game or mm-hmm. not. They say it's, it's a wait and see kind of decision with him. If he does sit out, then obviously you can temper expectations for Rodgers just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would fire up MVS and Alan Lazard in that case. If oh, you absolutely. Have uh, on your rosters, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and probably MVS would be my start over Lazard at this point, just based on the usage from this last week. Uh, it seemed like he was a little bit more involved with the offense than than Lazard was. Uh, yeah, but Aaron Jones then would obviously be the biggest beneficiary of uh, Adams missing. He would be my number one running back on the week. Uh, yes. Even if if he wasn't, he might be with Devontae Adams in there. Um, True story. True story. All right. Should we get in some uh, starts and busts of the week here and, and wrap it up? Yes. God damn it. Let's do it. So All right. let's do our starts of the week here. And I need to give you all some confidence in this man because I know that he hurt you this last week. He hurt me this last week. I expected Allen Robinson to go off against the Giants. Which would, number hey, one, Jake? Would you say it was like a Lionel Richie hurt? It it was it was it was pretty deep. Okay, I just I just wanted the gauge here of how bad the hurt was. I don't know if I can get fully Jerry curled hurt over this one because I only had him in one league, so maybe okay. that's why. But uh, yeah, Allen Robinson, he was like wide receiver 70 something on this week. He just, I don't know, he came out looking like a turd of himself. And I expected the opposite because with all of the contract talk that had happened leading up to the game and them saying that they had put that past him, it seemed to me like a, a prove yourself game where he was just going to come out and show like, this is why you guys need to pay me right now uh and and it it was the exact opposite of that mm-hmm. however Allen robinson now gets to take on the atlanta falcons and the atlanta falcons i don't know if you know this or not dustin they're bad at defense they they're are very very bad at defense um and in fact they rank uh very near the bottom if not at the bottom of uh pass defense so Allen Robinson is still the focal point of that offense. Um, Anthony Miller, for what it's worth, also did not do well this last week against the Giants. It was just a weird team thing. 
Um, I'm putting that confidence back into a potential shootout, or at the very least, a game of catch-up for the Bears, to where Allen Robinson will have to come out and give you that typical 8-10 to 10 targets, 100-yard realm Allen Robinson. Yeah, I like that. I, I agree. Uh, I think it is going to be a shootout. Or I shouldn't say a shootout. The Bears are going to be forced to keep pace with the Falcons. Uh, so Allen Robinson should get all the targets this week. I, I like that. So my start of the week here is Kareem Hunt going against the Washington football team. Now, I know the Washington football team, their defense has been surprisingly solid to start the season. But, oh, man, Kareem Hunt has just been looking so good. And he is actually doing better than Nick Chubb through the first two weeks, fantasy-wise, averaging 18.1 points per game, where Nick Chubb is averaging only 16. Uh, It's very close, but uh, this backfield has been a bigger 50-50 split than uh, I think anybody expected to start the year here. Uh, Nick Chubb's got 32 rushing attempts on the season. Kareem Hunt's right behind him with 23. Uh, Kareem Hunt's got eight targets on the season, uh, better than Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's only had two. the only thing that really is the difference uh, is that Nick Chubb has got more attempts on the ground, uh, but Kareem Hunt is actually averaging more yards per rush than Nick Chubb, uh, and, and he's much more involved in the passing game. So if for some reason that Cleveland falls behind on this game, uh, Kareem Hunt's going to be the one that's more involved in the passing game as they're trying to play catch up. So I think he is going to ball out. I think he is in the... Uh, flex option every single week from here on out until we see differently with this offense. Uh, I think Stefanski is going to use both these running backs uh, very liberally, and it's going to be like a true 50-50 split for the entire season for whatever reason. I don't know why you wouldn't just use Nick Chubb. Obviously, they have two very talented running backs. Both of them in their own right have been very productive and very successful uh, in their careers, but uh, so why not use them? They actually paid Kareem Hunt. They wanted him there. They wanted to keep him around. So they're going to use him, fire him up. He is not going to let you down. I like it. I like <laughs> it. And uh, I yeah, it'll probably be like a little bit more game script dependent, just mm-hmm. just depending. And they probably want to keep both of them fresh a little bit, so they don't exactly. want to overuse either of them. I suppose. Right. But I I love that call. Uh, I will happily be putting Hunt in my in my flex at worst if I have him on my roster. Mm-hmm. Now, my bust of the week, I obviously don't have that kind of confidence in. I have David Johnson going against the Pittsburgh Steelers as my bust because the Pittsburgh Steelers have looked amazing against yeah. the run. They yeah. have made world-beating running backs look pedestrian. Yeah, they're worst. Yeah, their their defense is looking like the their typical what you think of Steelers football, their defense. Like their defense is that elite defense again that you think of uh uh from back in the day with the 70s, the 80s, the I mean, it seems like every decade they have a stretch of time where their defense is just super elite and, and we're hitting it right now. Their defense is looking phenomenal. And I, I can't imagine starting anyone against Pittsburgh right now. They're looking that good. 
Yeah, and I mean that's it's concern for Deshaun Watson. It's concern mm-hmm. for uh, Brandon Cooks. Will Fuller probably won't play because he got injured in week two. Go figure. Um, but all of these, th- and again, and with Fuller being injured, makes it even worse for David Johnson because mm-hmm. not as if it's not like they had to dedicate two guys to Will Fuller. But you take that weapon away and you stack the odds even more against David Johnson, who is not Saquon Barkley. And Saquon Barkley ended up with 15 carries for six yards, I believe it was, when he met them in week one. So if Saquon cannot do it, I am not going to put confidence in David Johnson to do it. This is not a a David Johnson bash. This is just me stating facts that the Steelers are too good for me to trust. Yes, bad, bad matchup this week. Uh, And I'm kind of along the same. I'm running parallel to you. If, If we were trains, we'd be running parallel on tracks together here. I am also picking a running back going up against a very, very good defense. I've got, uh, CEH Clyde Edwards Hilaire going against Baltimore and they're in Baltimore this week. I know home field advantage isn't really a thing, uh, this NFL season, but still it makes a difference not being in your own facility, but I know the chiefs offense is amazing. They're lighting it up. He has been, I guess from where you've drafted CEH, if you're drafting him in the middle of the first round, he's been a slight letdown so far only because he hasn't been super involved in the passing game. Like we've, we hoped and thought he would be. Uh, but again, kind of going up against a buzzsaw here with the Baltimore defense, uh, if, if we could rewind a minute to what you were saying about Pittsburgh, we could uh, essentially sub out Pittsburgh for Baltimore. It would be the same exact thing. Their defense is so good. Uh, and I just, I, I think he will let you down. I mean, obviously you still want to start him. He's still a startable asset this week, but just he, if you're relying on him to win your week, it's just not going to happen. I like that. I, I really like that way of looking at it. Because he will be valuable this week. He'll get you, he'll get you some work. And it was nice to see him finally get some pass mm-hmm. catching work against the Chargers last week. Like, yeah, that, that makes me feel a little better. But yeah, does it make me feel like if my, if he's the last guy in my game, hypothetically, and I need, you know, 20 points to win that match, I'm not feeling confident. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be confident on either. So just, folks, just be prepared. Don't overreact if he doesn't produce this week. He's going up against a very, very good defense. So just don't overreact. Hold tight. It'll be okay. It will be. This is what we're here for. We're here to hold your hand and tell you lullabies and uh, snuggle you into our heaving uh, man cleavage. Mm-hmm. That's what we're. That's what we've always been here for. But even more so this week. Would you say that's correct, Dustin? That is correct. Um, any any matchups here coming into week three that you are looking forward to watching? Look, I mean, obviously, you already know I'm going to say the Packers versus the Saints. And obviously, is that a homer pick? Yes, of course, that's a homer pick. But even I'd like to think if I were not a homer, that would still interest me a lot. It should Um, be a good Sunday night game. Yeah, it it really should be. But otherwise, the one uh, that I'm most interested to watch this week is going to be the Cowboys versus the Seahawks. Uh, It's a Sunday afternoon game. I think both of these offenses look really good. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. that's even an understatement here, but they just are are on fire in different ways. And I love that we could see a real shootout because Russell Wilson is getting to throw the ball a ton. He has so talent. Russell versus Dak is uh, is on. That's right. All that talent on that field, starting with Russell. All right. The the one matchup that I am excited to see, and I'll probably be splitting time uh, as the Packer game. Oh, no, there's no Packer game. So maybe I'll watch this game in full. 
uh, is the Rams versus the Bills. Uh, and, and they're in Buffalo. Uh, both 2-0. and Josh Allen has looked terrific to start the season. Uh, I was listening to a podcast earlier today. It may have been the, the Ballers, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. But uh, he is like one of four. And I'm probably going to butcher this stat, so I'm sorry. But he's like one of four quarterbacks uh, to start a season with like over 700 yards passing six touchdowns and no interceptions. Uh, uh, and he, and he's completed over 70% of his passes so far. I mean, Josh Allen has looked legit. Like he's taken he uh, a step up and, and leveled up here, uh, so to speak. And, and the Rams offense, we all know how high powered that offense can be going up against a very good Bills defense. Uh, so I really like this matchup. It's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out. So that's the one matchup I'm really looking forward to this week. And then obviously the Monday night game is just going to be one of those instant ESPN classic games, uh, the Chiefs versus the Ravens. So, uh, obviously that, that one goes without, uh, without any more, uh, thought into it. Well, you know, it's beautiful about this. We picked one noon game, one afternoon game, and the night game, so we can watch all three of these bad boys back to back to back. Oh, I love it. Nothing makes me happier than having good games, potential good games, to watch uh, all day long, because usually there's one stinker in there where you're like, oh, we get to watch, you know, the Jags versus the Dolphins. The Jets. Yeah. Which ha- which happens to be the Thursday night game. So uh, uh, hey, now <laughs> Minshew Mania versus Fitz Magic is how they're hyping that up uh, Ooh, on the did, commercials. Ha- have you seen the 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 little uh, back and forth between Minshew and Fitzpatrick? No, has this been a thing? Oh yeah, no. Um, I, I don't know how it started, but basically, uh, Fitzpatrick said uh, mustaches are for guys uh, that that grow patchy on the sides. <laughs> I already love this. So, see now, yeah. I you and, hooked me. Yeah, I won't and, be and then the uh, Minshew came back with something about um, you know I, I was told never to uh, disagree with my elders, uh, and we and we know that uh, Fitzpatrick is more elder than me, but uh, yeah, he's mistaken in this case or something like that. Uh, paraphrasing, but yeah, it's been a nice little uh, fun banter back and forth. But let's be honest. Two of the more fun quarterbacks to root for, uh, with with old uh, fits and spurts and, and Minshew mania out there, and two who like to gun that shit down the field. So from that perspective, hey, sign me up. If it's just going to be yeah. a train wreck of uh, offenses, interceptions, <laughs> and big plays, I'm all about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me all that swagger. Uh, I love it. It, it. It'll be interesting to say the least. That's right. All right, so we've reached the end of our show sheet. Do you have anything else you want to uh, add here, Jake, before we sign off for the evening? I don't. You know what, though? For our YouTube live watchers right now, because we are wrapping up, go ahead and check out Dynasty Rewind. Mm -hmm. They are broadcasting live right now, so go check them out. Yes, go check them out. Big fans of their show. uh, they do lots of good things there. They're they're killing it uh, uh, with them. So, yeah, definitely go check them out uh, as soon as we sign off here. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Drinking Fantasy. Go find us on your favorite podcasting app. Give us a like, subscribe, rate, review, all those good things. Uh, I hate hoarding myself out like this, but just uh, go do it. We do appreciate all the support out there. Thank you so much. And you can find me at FFDustyDog on Twitter. Shake that tail feather, Dustin. Don't be, don't be scared. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge on Twitter. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Mm-hmm.